Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, everybody, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part. Today we are looking at Numbers chapter 35 and 36, and we are done with Numbers. Look at that. So this is the uh, final episode of the fourth book of the Bible. We've been on quite a journey. It's pretty cool. Um, So as we read over these chapters, Jenny, what do you want to talk about today? Well, I had questions right off the bat. I didn't necessarily consider while we were reading, this is forward looking into what it will be like when they enter into the promised land. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was still very much on the journey. And so cities to me was like, well, how the heck are they making cities within their encampment? That doesn't make any sense to me. But this is all cities that are going to be scattered throughout the land in mm-hmm. order to, um, I guess, help the people understand God, his word, his laws, all those things. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that I needed a little bit of clarity on. And then I also was curious um, about, they keep referring to the word manslayer and Ryan, you were saying that in our terms today would be the same as like manslaughter. So like, yeah, it's almost identical language. Really? Yeah. yeah. It just sounds, I don't know. Something about slayer makes you think of dragon slayer. (laughs) It's literally like if you kill someone by accident Yeah, and there is this issue where if you kill someone, um, their family is supposed to avenge them because the blood pollutes the land. Mm. And so manslaughter becomes a serious issue because that family member is going to be coming for you. Right. But you're innocent. Mm-hmm. And so what's in- interesting is that you're supposed to flee to um, the city of refuge, which is where the Levites live. So mm-hmm. the priests are the ones that protect you and care for you um, when you've committed manslaughter. Uh, and also, you can't leave the city of refuge until the high priest dies, which is interesting because it's almost like, and this is not, it's not a direct Uh, correlation but it's almost like the death of the high priest atones for your sin and Mm -hmm. allows you to be forgiven of it and so when the high priest dies um, you can return so it's it's a little bit like what jesus has done for us he has given Mm -hmm. us access to the father and forgiveness of our sins it's not exactly the same um, but it is a little bit of an illusion toward that and i like those so it is it's just i think a couple like the chapters are just a lot more of those fine line or fine details that you wouldn't really think of, but I guess would have to be a necessary piece of how they dealt with situations that, that came up. One thing that I thought was interesting was there is like, there is very little room for, actually there is no room for murderous acts. So the penalty is death every time, which is interesting because I wrote down in my notes, like this is that first form of almost like capital punishment. It's very strange. Like there's no wiggle room. Like if you kill someone, you should, you will be put to death. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen that in the Ten Commandments, thou shall not kill. Mm -hmm. Um, we've seen that in how God has commanded like very, uh, like a lot of seriousness around blood and how like death is so threatening and blood pollutes the land. We've seen this, uh, all the way back in Genesis where, um, there's murder among Cain and Abel. God does not like this. And mm-hmm. so God doesn't want this among his people. Um, another interesting thing you can pull from this is that God is making sure there are Levites within living distance of everybody in the land. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to make sure that the people have access to being taught like his law, uh, his word, his ways. Um, so that's it's interesting to me that these designated cities for the Levites are 
like equally accessible no matter where you are in the land. So one, that guarantees that a city of refuge is nearby. And two, it makes sure that God's word is announced everywhere in the nation. Uh, it's, it's kind of this mission that we're still on of making sure that the gospel is proclaimed in every area and every land throughout the entire world. We're still on this mission, um, but we're almost trying to do what God was trying to do with the, the Levites in their cities. Mm-hmm. So this is maybe a little off topic, but perhaps it sounds fun. I don't know. For me, this was really helpful after we read it. Cause like I said earlier at the beginning of the episode, I was a little confused, like locationally how things were shaking out and logistically how things were shaking out. And so the idea is that these, these Levites are spread throughout so that they can, they can help the people like you were just saying. But when it comes to the times of making offerings and sacrifices, that is kind of like, is that the, how do I want to say it? Like the journeying to the tabernacle at some point. I think we'll, we'll see the use of the Ark of the Covenant. We'll see the use of the tabernacle. Eventually what we're looking forward to is the establishment of the temple. Mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. so like, David, I think I use those words interchangeably and I mess it up all the time. Well, they're the same thing. It's just one mm-hmm. has a significant level of permanence and the other doesn't. Yeah, so yeah. the tabernacle is a tent. David is eventually going to tell God, like, I don't want you living in a goofy tent while I live in a palace. Yeah. And so David wants to build a temple. We'll see that eventually David's not allowed to, this is an interesting connection. David is not allowed to build the temple because he has killed too many people. Mm. And so Solomon ultimately is the one that's going to build mm-hmm, the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a little bit of a callback to the fact that God doesn't love murder and God doesn't love killing. So I have a question then about like Joseph and Mary, where would they have been coming from? Now this would be way later, but it's just, it all is within the context of location and going to the temple at that point. They would have went, so yeah. where would they have been coming from? Would it have been within the, the territory that we're talking about right here, right now? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the temple is in Jerusalem. Right. And so it is in the promised land. So when they're traveling, you know, like, the like they are traveling to that place where they are, like, talking yeah, about I mean, right even, now. like, Bethlehem is yeah, in the promised yeah. land. Um, they they would have evacuated to Egypt when Herod is going to kill all the, kill mm-hmm, all the two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're in Egypt for a little bit, then they come back. So... Yes, they're living in this place. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the, just the cities part was what caught my attention earlier. And so thinking about them having to travel and get to where they needed to go in order to make their sacrifices for the feasts and all the things. Um, that just puts it into a more interesting perspective because mm-hmm. I would be much more well-versed in the Mary and Joseph story than this. So it's cool <laughs> to see where it's it's coming from as they're establishing their place. So one final thing to call out in... Numbers chapter 36, there's a little bit of an issue that needs resolved. The daughters of Zelophad, we've talked about. Oh, man, they keep coming up. <laughs> we've talked about multiple times. Which is a good thing. Uh, God allowed Moses to change the law so that their father's name would not be forgotten. So it's kind of funny that we keep repeating their father's name. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this problem in that if they marry people from other tribes, then their inheritance is going to get spread all over the place. And so they come to an agreement that they will only marry people from their tribes. You were concerned because it sounds like they're only allowed to marry mm-hmm. their cousins. Well, it says 
They were married to sons of their father's brothers. That's their cousins. That's weird. <laughs> so I think it's important to keep in mind like the hundreds of thousands of people we've been reading about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how this is a figure of speech that there are many people they can be married to. I was going to say, brother just... doesn't necessarily mean like the, right? Correct. Would that be like brothers it's of the, the people tribe? of their tribe, of their, mm-hmm. you know, community, their nation. It's not quite a nation, but it's a large group of people. <laughs> um, so... Ultimately, then, Zelophad's name is not forgotten, and... Well, something to go with that, too. It says, let them marry whom they think best, which also seems like, especially in a time where marriage would have been chosen for you all the time, the fact that they were allowed to do that seems pretty substantial. This is another one of those things to hold in tension, where we've seen... What, what was that? That was Numbers uh, 30, I believe, mm-hmm. where it was like all these rules for vows where women come under the authority of their dad and their husband... We can read that and be like, uh. Which it still stands once they choose their husband, but they are allowed to, like, have a say in who they choose. It's not just, well, you're just going to go with what we say now. Because their father is gone. Yeah. And so they get to choose. Yeah. Pretty interesting. It is very interesting. So that concludes numbers. Um, (laughs) On a really strange note. (laughs) It is. It's it's almost like a footnote. We've actually had that with a couple of the other books where there's, like, weird footnotes at the end. It almost feels like there should be, like, this is, like, the big shebang before the next book. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, they can choose their husbands. It is interesting. What we're reading is the Pentateuch. If you haven't heard that word before, it just means five books. These are the five books of Moses. And so it almost is, this is meant to be part of a series. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly as cut and dry. I mean, it is because they are individual books. But this is not the end of the story. You need to keep reading yeah, into but it's not even like it's not even like a good cliffhanger. <laughs> it's not even a cool ending. It's just weird. It's an addendum. <laughs> it ends with an addendum. Yeah. So tomorrow we'll be going into Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is interesting because it is essentially a collection of sermons from Moses. And so we're going to be reading a little bit different style of literature, still in line with what's happening in the Pentateuch, mm-hmm. now that we taught you that big word. Um, but I'm excited to get into Deuteronomy and keep moving into this story. So we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's plan, your part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. Numbers chapter 35. The Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Command the people of Israel to give to the Levites some of the inheritance of their possession as cities for them to dwell in. And you shall give to the Levites pasture lands around the cities. The cities shall be theirs to dwell in, and their pasture lands shall be for their cattle and for their livestock and for all their beasts. The pasture land of the cities which you shall give to the Levites shall reach from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits all around. And you shall measure outside the city on the east side two thousand cubits, and on the south side two thousand cubits, and on the west side two thousand cubits, and on the north side two thousand cubits, the city being in the middle. This shall belong to them as pasture land for the cities. The cities that you give to the Levites shall be the six cities of refuge, where you shall permit a manslayer to flee, and in addition to them, you shall give forty-two cities. All the cities you gave to the Levites shall be forty-eight with their pasture lands. And as for the cities that you shall give from the possession of the people of Israel, from the larger tribes you shall take many, and from the smaller tribes you shall take few, each in proportion to the inheritance that it inherits, shall give 
of its cities to the Levites. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall select cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer who kills any person without intent may flee there. The city shall be for you a refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation for judgment. And the cities that you give shall be your six cities of refuge. You shall give three cities beyond the Jordan and three cities in the land of Canaan to be the cities of refuge. These six cities shall be for refuge for the people of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that anyone who kills any person without intent may flee there. But if he struck him down with an iron object so that he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. And if he struck him down with a stone tool that could cause death and he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. Or if he struck him down with a wooden tool that could cause death and he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. The avenger of blood shall himself put the murderer to death. When he meets him, he shall put him to death. And if he pushed him out of the land or hurled something at him, lying in wait so that he died, or in enmity struck him down with his hand so that he died, then he who struck the blow shall be put to death. He is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. But if he pushed him suddenly without enmity or hurled anything on him without lying in wait or used a stone that could cause death and without seeing him dropped it on him so that he died, though he was not his enemy and did not seek his harm, then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood in accordance with these rules. And the congregation shall rescue the manslayer from the hand of the avenger of blood, and the congregation shall restore him to his city of refuge to which he had fled, and he shall live in it until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. But if the manslayer shall at any time go beyond the boundaries of the city of refuge to which he fled, and the avenger of blood finds him outside the boundaries of the city of refuge, and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, he shall not be guilty of blood. For he must remain in his city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer may return to the land of his possession. And these things shall be a statute and rule for you throughout your generations and all your dwelling places. If anyone kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death on evidence of witnesses. But no person shall be put to death on the testimony of one witness. Moreover, you shall accept no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall be put to death. And you shall accept no ransom for him who has fled his city of refuge, that he may return to dwell in the land before the death of the high priest. You shall not pollute the land in which you live, for blood pollutes the land, and no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that is shed in it, except by the blood of the one who shed it. You shall not defile the land in which you live, in the midst of which I dwell, for I the Lord dwell in the midst of Israel." The heads of the fathers' houses of the clan of the people of Gilead, the son of Machir, son of Manasseh, from the clans of the people of Joseph, came near and spoke before Moses and before the chiefs, the heads of the fathers' houses of the people of Israel. They said, The Lord commanded my Lord to give the land for inheritance by lot to the people of Israel, and my Lord was commanded by the Lord to give the inheritance of Zelophad our brother to his daughters. But if they are married to any of the sons of the other tribes of the people of Israel, then their inheritance will be taken from the inheritance of our fathers and added to the inheritance of the tribe into which they marry. So it will be taken away from the lot of our inheritance. And when the jubilee of the people of Israel comes, then their inheritance will be added to the inheritance of the tribe into which they marry, 
and their inheritance will be taken from the inheritance of the tribe of our fathers. And Moses commanded the people of Israel according to the word of the Lord, saying, The Lord commands concerning the daughters of Zelophad, Let them marry whom they think best, only they shall marry within the clan of the tribe of their father. The inheritance of the people of Israel shall not be transferred from one tribe to another, for every one of the people of Israel shall hold on to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. And every daughter who possesses an inheritance in any tribe of the people of Israel shall be wife to one of the clan of the tribe of her father, so that every one of the people of Israel may possess the inheritance of his fathers. So no inheritance shall be transferred from one tribe to another, for each of the tribes of the people of Israel shall hold on its own inheritance. The daughters of Zelophad did as the Lord commanded Moses. For Mala, Tirzah, Hogla, Milcah, and Noah, the daughters of Zelophad, were married to the sons of their father's brothers. They were married into the clans of the people of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and their inheritance remained in the tribe of their father's clan. These are the commandments and the rules that the Lord commanded through Moses to the people of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan at Jericho. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.